good day, and welcome to Sea to Ski with Sarah and T, putting the P in professionally managed vacation rentals. This is the Vacation Rental Management Professionals Podcast, coming to you from the Outer Banks of North Carolina and from the Rocky Mountains of Colorado. I'm Sarah Bradford from Winter Park and Steamboat Springs. And I'm Tim Cafferty from the Outer Banks of North Carolina and Sandbridge, Virginia. Together, we bring you the first podcast focused solely on professionally managed vacation rentals across the nation, or as we like to call it, Sea to Ski with Sarah and T. In the next 30 minutes, we hope you'll join us on our journey as we dive into issues affecting folks like us, the professional vacation rental manager, allowing you to run your business more effectively, make more money, and most importantly, have fun doing it. We are back and better than ever for season two of Sea to Ski with I'm Tim. And I'm Sarah. I did that backwards, but they got the idea. They saw the logo when they got ready to listen to the podcast. But a reminder to our peeps out there coming back for season two, we get together about once every 10 days to two weeks. We have a 30-minute podcast roundabout. We usually have a news segment on the end, and we encourage you all to subscribe for the latest content. And we have some good stuff lined up for you for season two. First of all, Sarah, how was your New Year's break? How are things going? You didn't really have a break. Yeah, I made it through the holidays, which is like you making it through July. Mm -hmm. We didn't have too many bumps on the road, a lot of happy guests, so I'm feeling good. Excellent. In our previous episodes, Sarah, you'll remember, we discussed the importance of things like budgets and training and standards of appearance. We talked about scoreboards, and I think our most popular episode is who is the face of your company. Would you agree? I think so. My maintenance team is still talking about that. Jim is still wearing his T-shirt, too, by the way. (laughs) It was good around here anyway. But today, in our first episode of our second season, we want to delve into a way to test your systems. And, of course, we already did that with some of these things. But how can you tell... What's happening to an average customer during their first contacts, their booking process, their arrival, durations of the stay, departure? Sarah, do you have an idea? Well, I do, and I feel like this might be coming from something that recently occurred to you over the holidays, which I'm going to ask you about, and that is that it dawned on you, again, how beneficial it can be to have potentially a professional shopper come and take a look under the hood and report back to you about your experience Because you may have gone on a vacation and thought, how in the world is this guy successful? (laughs) That could be it. Inspect, don't expect. (laughs) This is the mystery shopping episode. And yes, that is the, the crux of where this came from. I went to Grand Cayman Island for the Christmas break. And I took all of our kids. So there were eight of us in a vacation rental. And it was quite an experience. I think the last time we were together, I told you I was a little nervous about the process. The guy was great. He called me when we arrived, met us at the property. It was a great opportunity to put a name with a face and so on. But we did have some shortcomings. Who doesn't have a can opener in their vacation rental? (laughs) That guy on Grand Cayman. That's right. Kept hearing you in my voice saying that... 
I think I said I was concerned, and you said I'm concerned for him. (laughs) (laughs) Didn't you not have a wine opener? Was that another? We didn't have a wine opener. We didn't have mixing bowls. We didn't have a number of things. So let's just say we left it better equipped than we found it. Yeah, not having a wine opener is. (laughs) I mean, we had a wine cooler. Crucial. That is way more than getting into your canned goods, Tim. Okay, Okay. (laughs) you're on vacation, so. So it kind of made you think about this possible idea. Is that true? Well, it is. And from the standpoint of being a guest and arriving at a property, and you have these preconceived notions about what's going to happen, even rewinding the tape to first contacts, the radio silence that took place over a period of about eight weeks, then just before arrival, I reached out to find out, what do I do when I get there? And then, of course, the arrival, the experience. We had a few snafus as we went along. Delightful guy, and I gave him appropriate feedback. He asked for it. I gave him some good constructive criticism. But, again, it made me hold that mirror up, as he said so often in this, as to what do my customers deal with. I think I know. You know, in this age, we certainly see enough reviews and Yelp comments and Facebook and whatever. This is a way you can be sure that the things you want tested are going to be tested the way you want them. That's what we came up with. So I have four major points. We're going to cover those today. Okay. And I think even though we're going to be talking about ways to get your company secret shopped, I think Tim's point points out that when you actually are the one staying in a vacation rental and you do the secret shopping, there's quite a benefit to that. If you're listening and you're, you own a vacation rental company or you're working in one and you haven't stayed as a guest, I strongly re- recommend you do that. It's hard to understand how it feels unless you do it. Let's get started. Number one, Tim, go for it. Well, let me t- one more thing I got to throw in there. The other thing you made, you were bang on on that point. The other thing is there's a reason all eight of us don't go on vacation together all the time. <laughs> And that's a part of the experience, too, where you have to have empathy for the guests, too, that by the end of the stay, there was a couple of people sort of at each other's throats. And so I'll just leave it there. But we all still love each other. Instead of taking it out on your family, you might take it out on the host. So when we call with our checkout call and the person that answers does not seem like they just had a relaxing five days, it might be because they're really sick of being in a house with some people they don't always hang out with. Exactly. So number one on this list would be as a company owner, and of course this podcast is dedicated to you, the vacation rental professionals out there. We're not talking about Mr. VRBO. We're talking about you as running an enterprise. You need to think through your commitment on this. If you are going to put a program in place, even if it's a onesie or a twosie where you get someone to come in only once or twice or whatever to kind of test your systems, you need to ensure your organization's in tune to receiving this in the manner in which it's received. You don't want feelings hurt when reports come back. You don't want your staff to feel like they're being set up and you're being unfair if you don't tell them what's going on. This can really be a problem depending on the culture of your company. I I can't emphasize this enough. I have mentioned before that I was a general manager of a company here on the beach called Resort Quest. They have since gone away. But in 2002, way back when, they decided to do this and didn't tell anybody. And so they hired this professional person to come in. And first of all, it was so obvious what they were doing. It spread like wildfire in the company that somebody called 
about a large oceanfront property for a beach stay in February, which, of course, never happens. Nobody comes to the beach in February. (laughs) (laughs) I might. Well, and they're inquiring about the pool, and they're inquiring about things to do and so on. And the person was really taken aback. And they were talking about they wanted some beach time. You know, with 40 degree weather and winds blowing out of the north <laughs> at 40 miles an hour. And so, so they stayed and we had a pretty good idea. And so we actually over delivered on service. But then they delivered a scathing report on our delivery of service, housekeeping standards. They, we had a rating system in place. I think I've covered this before. We had, you know, gold, silver, platinum, uh, we had uh, bronze. At any rate, they went back, gave ResortQuest the report. It took almost three months for them to get the report back to us. And by the time we got it, it served absolutely no purpose. It was had a lot of feelings hurt, and it wasted a lot of money. So I would just say number one would be to think through your commitment on doing something like this. So no matter what approach you take, Tim, what do you think about talking to the staff about it? For example, Hopefully they don't listen to this podcast till the end of next weekend, but I have a friend who's coming to secret shop us. They don't know who it is, so I guess it doesn't matter if they hear that. So I'm not telling them. When I've had a vacation rental company owner stay and critique us, they knew they were in town. Do you think it's good to tell, hey, we're going to be doing this coming up, or do you think it's good to just keep it quiet until you get the feedback? That's a great question. My feeling on it is that it depends on the maturity of your company. Sarah, I know you. I know many of your staff. I know they know what they are doing. It's not like you're a new company and you're still struggling to get this aspect or that aspect just right. I think you have a well-run machine. And so I think it's fair for those folks to have a test. I think it's fair for my company to have a test right now. I'm not going to tell them if I've tested them right now. Again, my thought would be like yours. I'm not going to tell them in advance. I think we ought to be able to execute as we've been trained. But others, especially if you have a smaller company and maybe you're newer to the business, maybe not something you want to do right off the bat. Yeah, and I think this also has to do with culture. And this is another reason to build your culture as a company that is always changing. At our company, they know I'm always looking to how we can improve. What's next? What are we doing wrong? It's no one's fault. And they know that. But how could we be even better? If you have that kind of culture, this type of activity goes well. I think it's paramount that you have that culture, though, before you start ripping all over them. And then to this point, Tim, I think you could go for... Uh, secret shop that's a little not so critical, more to Mm -hmm. pump your staff up. Maybe that's what your staff needs is to hear a lot of good stuff and sure some, some negative comments. Or you could go with an approach of you're searching for feedback, you're hungry for feedback, you're saying, why aren't we doing as well as we think we should be doing? Well, how do we get the edge on maybe those virtual managers coming into your market? So talking through the commitment before doing it, uh, it's vital. I just heard something on another podcast that I will share that gets to the heart of this. And you're talking about those other companies, those big virtual companies or whatever. If you have a passion, that is your competitive advantage. And so when you get back to the staff and you talk about this kind of thing, you're already ahead of the game because you know they care. And so Mm. just leave it there. Passion. Passion equals success. (laughs) 
All right, so item number two on this, um, uh, you touched on item number three a little bit there. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put that on pause. But number two is important to set up before we talk to number three, and that is decide what is going to be measured in advance. Do you have specific things that can be measured? It's not fair to anybody to get a mystery shopper in and your staff not to be trained to meet the standards that the mystery shopper is going to experience. Whatever you test is something that should be second nature for your team. Like on the pre-arrival might be something you test. I mentioned that with my experience. What is our standard for contact, whether it be email or chat, telephone, the documentation, if it's a lease agreement, how does that handled? the follow-up with the guest, the pre-arrival instructions, the arrival instructions, how is that all supposed to go? You should have some system, right? And so that shouldn't have fear in the hearts of your staff. That, that, that's one item I would think would be measured. What's another one you would think of? I was thinking about when response time to email. So if you get this report, you can give much direction to the mystery shopper, and they turn in a report, and you just share it with the staff. And it says, they took 20 minutes to call me back. Yeah. And you rip on your staff, and they say, wait a minute, I didn't know we had to have we didn't have to call back within an hour. In fact, 20 minutes is pretty good on December 23rd, Sarah. Mm -hmm. You know, so this kind of goes to of what are you going to measure and how do you explain it to the shopper if you're allowed to talk with the shopper? Because that report can hurt in ways you don't need it to hurt if the shopper is ripping on something that you think is acceptable. Also, there's so many elements be between when you look for a property to when you check out. And this mystery shopper is not going to touch them all. So I think also, Tim, you're getting across that. Figure out what you want to measure. You can't measure everything, but what do you want this person or this group to focus in on? Is it the marketing part before you get there? Is it why did they book the property in the website? Is it the experience when they're there? Is it how you responded to maintenance? What are the key things you'd like to get out versus the mystery shopper just shooting for, I don't know, shooting darts at the board and hoping they hit something you want to know about. Right. I think another area you would measure would be the arrival experience. You know, we always talk about housekeeping. What is the expectation? I think I always talk about the bag, you know, the will welcome bag with my logo on it. It needs to be pointed towards the door with the logo, correct logo facing the door. You have a higher standard than I do, you know, all candor on the bathroom amenities so are they placed properly those kinds of things might be out there the the whole presentation function you know what's the feel of the house do the pictures match what they see when they walk in is your branding okay etc that that's another area i think you could uh, you know you certainly could dive in as deep as you want but for me those would think, be things i would like to have feedback on yeah and and not to get too touchy feely that's the word mm -hmm. not to get too touchy feely the thing I get a lot from a guest interpretation, not somebody that knows the industry, but if you truly have your college roommate or even a professional mystery shopper that doesn't normally shop vacation rentals, is getting their emotional thoughts and their just their thought process in general of how it felt going through the process. They they share if you ask the right questions, they share their confusion or their their reaction to experiences, comments, and the way a property looked or felt mm -hmm. that you wouldn't even get because you know it so well. Does that make sense? It do, you, does. do you know what I'm saying there? It does. 
um, managing expectations, I think, maybe a, uh, a way I would put that. Yeah. So like you might think your welcome gift is incredible. Mm-hmm. I might think mine's incredible. They might say to me, yeah, but it was just kind of thrown there on the counter and I don't like chocolate. And how do you know people like chocolate? And do you know a lot of people are allergic to toffee or something like that? I don't know. They might have a perspective. That's the word I'm looking for. Perspective that you haven't considered. And that can be one of the most valuable things of doing a mystery shop. Mm -hmm. That's a great point for me personally. I know I'm going to expose all my idiosyncrasies here. Some of the places I go to pride themselves on the coffee they provide. I have never had a cup of coffee. I do not like it. It, yeah. it has no impact on me at all. So. Listen, drink it 10 days in a row and you will love it. Okay. <laughs> I don't know if my staff and my spouse could take it if I had any more caffeine in my system to get myself going. But but, but that's a great point. Coffee, if you spend all your money on coffee to impress, right. some people in the group may not care about coffee. So you have to think about what is everybody want not that you shouldn't do coffee but what does everybody want that we can make sure we have an impact you know if there's a health nut that shows up like my dad well he might just splurge and eat the toffee but they might be like we don't even eat this kind of stuff and now my kids are tempted to eat chocolate blah 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 blah. so anyway back to back to number two you got to decide what you're going to measure in advance right and so just to wrap that up i had a couple of more bullet punts on that you might of course the stay itself, if there was a maintenance problem, if there was a housekeeping callback, if there was a call to your concierge, how were those things handled? Maybe it is even a fake maintenance problem. Maybe you pretend like you can't figure out the TV or what have you. But again, you need to set that up in advance. And then the departure experience. Was there any post-stay follow-up? Do you expect there to be any post-stay follow-up? And the departure call, which I know you're really good at, Sarah, those kinds of things would be sort of the whole picture about what you would decide on in advance. So you just can't call up this person and say, hey, I need you to come and do this. You need to spend some time and go, and I need you to look at these 14 things or whatever it is. Yep. And one other thing you might consider that the secret shop's all about you, but you also might want to think about your area. Sometimes we get reviews that are all about the property or about our service, but they don't always critique, let's say, Steamboat. So you might want to ask your secret shopper to critique the area. Yes, you guys were great, but when I went to the ski rental shop, that didn't go well. And then the lift tickets, when they scanned it, it didn't work. And I really don't think your restaurants at the base area are very good. And they were only open till 8. And even though that is nothing you can control necessarily, it's good for you to get guest feedback on the area so that you can direct your future guests in the right way. Mm-hmm. That's great. So that moves us to number three on our list of four things you might consider if you uh, put a shopping system in place. And we've already alluded to it several times. We'll just call it out there. And that who is going to be the person to test the staff? Your old roommate from college, as Sarah just mentioned, maybe a friend of a friend, a former guest. Maybe you have somebody who you feel comfortable with that comes back and knows your standards. I mentioned Mrs. Alor a couple of episodes ago who stayed with me five times. I didn't hire her as a secret shopper, but she gave me her list anyway and told me that the house she stayed in was not up to my standards. That would hurt. Or do you have a professional peer? And Sarah, I know you had this experience, so uh, some words on that. But I also want to mention the other aspects. So you kind of have three aspects here. One would be sort of a friend, which could be that old roommate, friend, former guest. You have the professional peer, 
somebody in the vacation rental business knows what we do. And the third one would be a professional mystery shopping organization. Your thoughts on particularly number two, because I think you've had experience there. Right. And then I want to hear which one you prefer. I, so far, prefer a professional peer. They understand our industry, and I'm hungry to improve. So if you get a professional peer that really knows what they're doing. I had Steve Trover come many years ago. I think I mentioned it. I've had a couple companies come since then, too. But he's a tough cookie. He has a lot of opinions, if he's listening out there. Mm -hmm. He knows he does. And we wanted feedback. So he went through, he just, he didn't so much look at the website, but his staff did. So he had his his professionals on his staff review our website in a formal way and gave us a paper on that. And then he ripped us apart pretty badly. I will say when you talk about not making this a demoralizing activity, I only brought one of our managers in with me, and she wanted to know too. So it wasn't a public report that we sent out to everybody and they all felt demoralized. It was just uh, Amy and I in the room, and he shared a lot of things that I've never noticed before, and it changed our company. Well, that's certainly good, and I think there's a lot of options. Those of us that have been in the business, and if you've ever been to a VRMA conference or VRM Intel or one of the professional development places – All you have to do is strike up a conversation with somebody, and you will meet 10 people in this industry in a day, and I bet you'll find somebody be willing to trade. Hey, I'll do this for you if you do that for me. So you may not have to start off with Steve Trover, who we both know and love, but Steve is a tough cookie. He has very strong standards and good opinions, but maybe there's somebody of more of a like mind. The other would be, obviously, the old college roommate is the one we kind of keep gravitating to. I would think that would be less critical for somebody like that, but those are the kind of people you need to make sure they understand what the experience should be and not hold you to a higher standard or a lower standard. And then the third one, I would say, would be the professional mystery shopping organization. Bestmark is one of them that's big. They do a compliance audit. I think they have something like 30,000 mystery shoppers working for them in one way or another. It's a big organization. And then there's one called Coil Hospitality Services. I'm very aware of them. They do Starwood, Mandarin Oriental. Uh, there will be difference in the process depending on what approach you have. but And the costs vary greatly. For a peer, you may be able to do it for a free dinner. For a company like this, plan on paying at least $500 a stay, plus all of the expenses of the stay. And Professional organization will prepare a complete report, whereas a you know friend might text you, or a professional peer might be somewhere in between where they just meet you or what have you. So I'm not sure there is a preferred. Obviously, you've had good experience with the peer-to-peer thing. I would think the professional organization, if you can get them trained properly, they would be the most objective, if you will. Yeah. So in the professional organization, since you experienced this a bit, Tim, do they give you more of a cookie-cutter form with check marks? Or do they really give you detailed feedback? Because I wouldn't just want, yes, had nice towels. Yes, there was shampoo. You know, I want more of that. I guess I do want that touchy-feely. How was the whole house? How was the experience? Be be candid with me about that. So how much... How much storytelling was it there or how much was it a form? It is very factual. It is very front-end loaded on the labor, too, I will tell you. If it's you as the manager working with that company, they're going to probably have three or four calls with you to try to set it up and get to the bottom of what you want. 
And so you need to tell them, but it's going to be very black and white. Just a sidebar story. I, I read an article recently in Travel and Leisure. These mystery shoppers, by the way, there's a whole association. The Mystery Shopper Association, for instance, has 1.7 million members in it. And the Travel and Leisure just did an interview of a lady who does this regularly. She actually has done 500 mystery shops on either Starwood Mandarin Oriental or Hilton. And in the hotel industry, more cookie cutter as well. Back to your question, don't mean to go too far off on the sidebar, but she goes to the extent she carries a tape measure with her to <laughs> accurately say where the TV should be versus the closet space. And she goes to the extent of removing the chain from the toilet and then calling for maintenance and then putting a stopwatch on the guy to see how long it takes him to oh figure out God. that the toilet chain is off and she's taken batteries out of the remote control she's complained about smoke in a room that's a non-smoking room even though there is no such smoke just to get the reaction so she was born for yeah, this exactly tough <laughs> unplugs lamps I mean, <laughs> things like that but they will do whatever you ask them to do is the bottom line and it will be very medicinal so but they also want you to do more than one typically they'll want you to do a group of five or ten i mean that's small potatoes for them and for you that may be a big stretch to make that kind of commitment because as i just said if it's five hundred dollars it could easily be five to ten thousand dollar process for you just to test yeah. your systems and if you don't have five to ten grand to throw at this or you want to try it maybe the guideline is then if you have a friend of a friend or a friend whatever that you give that friend a guideline of what you want. So it could be where you meet in the middle a bit, mm -hmm. right? Because I do think if you just have a friend do it and say, tell me how it was, mm -hmm. they might be too nice, first of all. They might not even look at things that you care about. So I think giving a friend of a, uh, the friend approach a list of, of what you want them to do will make it worth the effort. What right. do you think on that? I'm, I'm with you 100%. Were you greeted properly when the maintenance man came? Did he give you his business card? You know, I told you that was one of my things. Did the girl that answered the phone treat you properly? Yeah, those kinds of things. That's what you're really looking for. You just want to kind of test things. So you don't Got have it. to go off the deep end here, but just want to make sure you know there's options out there. Okay, what's number four? Right, number four would be that reporting and action steps. And you alluded to this with you and Amy sitting down with Steve after the fact. You had a meeting. But you need to carefully analyze what you receive. First of all, you need to determine, did the tester do a good job? As we've kind of alluded to, you can get a very weak report. And it, maybe they didn't understand what they were supposed to deliver. If not, you don't need to criticize your staff for the tester's lack of knowledge. You just got to make sure that it's a weighted properly before you go back. And so then when you do take the information, how are you going to take it back to your staff? Do you have departmental meetings? Are you going to do a great meeting? Are you just going to have one or two key staff members know about it? And then you also need to provide not only the hiccups that maybe occurred, but give them the pats on the back. You know, that's not a bashing session for your staff. This could be a great celebration. That's uh, that's the step number four, the reporting and action steps. What are you going to do? And then, of course, what corrections are you going to make if you need to take them? Well, and this is a little bit like when you go to VRMA or VRM Intel or other conferences. Don't do all of this and then not do anything with it. I mean, if they come back and list four key areas that you agree with where you failed, it doesn't mean you need to send a mean email out to everybody but do something with it. Be prepared that this is going to take you some work to rectify these situations unless it was a one-off. Mm -hmm. And understand that 
It's not going to be like, oh, I have a report. Isn't this nice? We did a great job. If that's all you're going to do, all right, fine. But it seems expensive to do that. I think you should have an action plan around what was recommended. And then I told you there was only four, but I'm going to throw a fifth step in here as well. And that is you need to decide, is this going to be a one-time thing or is this going to be more of a recurring thing? And that's only a question you can answer. You should probably know the answer before you start, though. If it goes well, you, you may not need to think you need to spend the extra money or do it again. If it goes poorly, you could be very discouraged on you know one-off. So an appropriate sample size is, a pro, uh, is important. So if you're going to do this, maybe you decide you're going to do it three times over the course of nine months or something like that. Just, I think it's important not to get too high or too low if you have a one-time only. Good point. I also think you should brag about it. I think you should tell your owners that you did it, especially if it's a good report. Telling owners you're doing this shows sophistication and that you care about the process. Excellent. So now... Not so hot off the press, but definitely happening. What do we have for him this week, Stair? Well, the, the thing we have this week is a couple different stories that we are surprised they just keep coming up and more and more in resort towns. And that is the ever exciting topic of vacation rental government regulations. Mm-hmm. I guess Airbnbs f- filed suit against Santa Monica for their ban on vacation rentals. We got Savannah suing a property manager for violation of ordinances. And then one that really hit home to me was the Orange Beach News. If Mm -hmm. anybody has not heard about that, look on VRM Intel. You'll find an article that even in Orange Beach, which is down there in the panhandle, the mecca of vacation rentals, other than the Outer Banks, of course, is, is getting heat from people who live in the neighborhoods that they don't want vacation rentals in their area. You know, not in my neighborhood. This isn't news. This isn't new news, but it's something we want to encourage all of you to not turn a blind eye to. I I just think you got to have a seat at the table. You have to be finding out what's going on, what's developing. It can happen quickly. A couple owners can get together quickly, get to the right person in government, and all of a sudden there's law being passed. So you have to watch out what's going on in your in your area. Yeah, you have to be very careful. And again, Orange Beach is sort of ground zero, as the article explains. When you look at the numbers, you just shake your head. Because I think Orange Beach only has like 6,000 full-time residents there, and it's Baldwin County, if I remember correctly, and they account for almost 50,000 travel-related jobs in that county, and mm. they generate over $22 million in lodging tax revenue. It's a $5 billion industry, and they have 10,000 uh, accommodations, but only, I think it's 14% are hotel rooms. So 86% of their industry is made up of short-term rentals, and they are seriously considering a moratorium. Are you serious? And that's critical to their economy. Mm-hmm. That would have their economy crash. if. It, and then what it does is tells second homeowners, don't buy here. Yes. And to me, that is the you know mortal wound. You don't want a message going out to second homeowners saying, this is a risky investment. Exactly. Okay. So that'll do it for this episode. Boy, that one went quick, but we're right on it. So just to wrap it up, we're talking about secret stoppers. I'm going to give you five points on this to take away. One is think through your commitment to this. Oh, number two is decide what will be measured in advance. Figure out what you want to know. 
Number three, who is going to do the testing? Is it your friend from college? Is it a professional peer? Or is it a professional mystery shopping organization? Figure it out. And then the reporting and action steps once it's over. Make sure you get the report quickly from the person or group that is testing uh, your experience or your website or whatever it may be. And then create action steps if what they found you feel is valid. And then finally, I threw it in as a fifth one. Is this a one-time thing or is it a recurring program? Decide in advance. So that's our tease to a mystery shopping episode. We hope you got some takeaways, some things to think about. And speaking of takeaways, next time we're going to tackle the issue you've been wanting to do for so long, which is what? The ever-anticipated decor episode. How do you convince current owners or potential owners coming onto your program that the old 1994 Bear Comforter is not going to cut it anymore? She's excited about that one, if you can't tell. <laughs> so look for that in about 10 days. But that'll do it for now. Remember, we're on Facebook. You can find us on Stitcher. You can find us on the web, see to ski with serenteed.com. We're on Google Play. We are everywhere. So listen to us, and once you subscribe, you don't have to worry when we're coming back, but we'll be back in about 10 days. Thanks, Sarah. Thank you, Tim. See you next time. So long, everybody. Thank you for listening to Sea to Ski with Sarah and T, professional vacation rental manager's podcast, brought to you by Sarah Bradford of Winter Park Lodging Company and Steamboat Lodging Company, as well as Tim Cafferty of Outer Banks Blue and Sandbridge Blue Realty Services. Together, Sarah and Tim manage more than 600 privately owned vacation rental properties, and both are regarded as experts in the vacation rental management industry. Music provided by Ben Sound. We encourage your participation on this podcast by sharing it with friends, and please feel free to rate and review the podcast on iTunes. Comments or reviews on this particular podcast can be made on their website, c 2 tcom where you can also subscribe to the podcast as well as provide them feedback on this episode or give them ideas for future topics. We look forward to speaking with you next time on c 2 Ski with Sarah and T.